Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. My name is Jeremy. Today, we are continuing our deep dive series where we are talking about all things hiring, that's networking and building your personal brand, finding the right gig to apply to, making a badass portfolio, acing the interview, and then ultimately uh, just being awesome when you finally get that job. Uh, but before we do that, you know, Derek and I, we don't make any money from this. We don't have any sponsors. So if you are getting something out of the show, please like and subscribe. Tell a friend. Post to your work Slack channel. Tell your work buddies how much you're getting out of Retro Time. And uh, if you want, you can go check out some stickers, RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers. Get yourself some Peak Software shit stickers or some Retro Time stickers and throw them on your work laptop, your personal laptop. Throw them on your car. I don't care. Whatever you want to do with them. Your throw friend's laptop. laptop. <laughs> yeah, get, get one for your team. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, today we're going to be exploring the infamous whiteboard challenge. Uh, this is something that still terrifies even the most seasoned design professionals. Uh, if you are completely terrified of the whiteboard challenge, don't worry. Uh, if this is totally new to you, uh, we are here to help you out. Uh, there's no Derek today. It's just me and one of my good buddies, Ray Lemon. Uh, Ray is a senior staff UX designer at GE Aviation, and uh, he's been at GE been there quite a while, right, Ray? Yep, 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 uh, yep. Going on seven years. <laughs> Man, real UX veteran. All right, so uh, he's been doing this a long time, and Ray's going to help us go through a whiteboard challenge. Uh, we'll do it live on the air, and you know, we know this is uh, it's going to be super stressful when all eyes are on you, but but we hope this episode really helps you guys out. Uh, we're doing this a little bit different today. A whiteboard challenge doesn't really translate very well to um, to a, a podcast. So we're going to put this thing up on YouTube. Uh, we're going to do two separate parts. Uh, the first part, we're going to go through some tips and tricks, high-level overview of a whiteboard challenge, and then give some pointers, all that stuff. The second part, uh, because it's a whiteboard challenge and it doesn't really work on audio only, uh, we're going to post this on only YouTube. So it'll only be on YouTube. Uh, but we'll post a link in the show notes so you can find the video. So Ray, you've been doing this for seven years. Is the, is the whiteboard challenge still terrifying for you? Absolutely. I know. I know man. Yeah. They, they are nothing to mess with. I tell you what. So the whiteboard challenge is something that, you know, a lot of UX designers uh, are terrified about. I mean, and it makes sense. It's part of your interview. You're, you're on the, you're putting the spotlight. Uh, everybody's watching you. How, what are you, what are you going to come up with good ideas? You know, it's, just, it's like, it's a terrifying prospect and one that a lot of uh, UX designers, uh, you know, are, are terrified, but but rightfully so. But um, we're going to go through some tips and some tricks and, and things like that today to maybe help help you get a little bit less uh, less afraid. And we put together a template that you can use. Feel free to use this for practice. Feel free to, to take that idea, this template, and do it if you have a remote whiteboard sessions, which is you know common now. Everybody's remote. Um, or even take the idea and just do it in, in person. That's totally cool. And feel free to modify it if you want to. I mean, this is something I came up with, but... Um, Based on my process, but everybody's got a little bit different process. So let's let's hop into it and and talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about what a whiteboard challenge is, why they're important, how to prepare, understand the process, some common mistakes, and then lastly some tips and tricks. Uh, so first, what is a whiteboard challenge? It's just a, a simple design prompt that gives uh, the the person doing the interview some insight into your abilities as a UX designer. Right, Ray? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and where I've, you know, been a part of uh, getting to issue these, you know, it's really about understanding your thought process as a designer. How do you go about solving a problem? Um, 
you know, stating your assumptions, communicating with others and bringing them into your, again, your design process um, to arrive at that eventual solution. And so here's the thing that I think everybody kind of freaks out about. It's, 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 it's an hour, sometimes mm -hmm. less. I've seen people do these in 30 or 45 minutes, which to me is like not enough time to get anything, <laughs> but um, you know, an hour, but it's the process that you already do. It's the process you already know, right? Um, I mean, even if you have read a book about UX, Intro to UX 101, they're going to talk about this process. So if you're in a boot camp, these are the things that you're already doing. If you're working, uh, these are things you already do. It's just compressed now into this hour-long space. But um, the things, the questions that you ask, the things that you do, the you know interviews, research, you could do mock research, you could make assumptions about quote-unquote hypothetical research. But it's, it's just the thing you already do. It's just not to overthink it. All right. This is my process that I came up with that I have. I didn't come up with it, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of follow. Contextualize, define, ideate, refine, and then summarize. Um, so, you know, feel free to, to maybe merge some of these. I've seen people kind of merge the define and contextualize step. I've seen them merge the refine and ideate step. Um, but it, really, this is kind of the stuff, you know, we need to contextualize. Got to understand. We want to define the problem because, again, UX is not about just designing the prettiest thing. It's about solving not just any problem, but the right problem, right? So we want to define. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And we want to say like all these various problems because the prompt might actually be um, kind of tricky sometimes depending on, on the prompt. It could be actually multiple problems, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you're given an hour. And I think, right, I don't know what you think, but a lot of times like when I do these, I'll, I'll give people something and see if they go down a rabbit hole, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> it's oh, kind of a test, <laughs> you know, like um, do they focus on, do they try to boil the ocean or do they just mm -hmm. say, well, I don't have enough time. I'm going to focus on this one thing. And mm -hmm. maybe that's a little bit sneaky. I don't know. <laughs> Is that sneaky? <laughs> maybe that's sneaky. A little um, messed up. A little. Just a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't do that with you today. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So, um, you know, contextualize, define, ideate, refine, and then summarize. Um, so just a little bit, a deep dive into these a little bit. And Ray, I'd love to get your thoughts on these as well. Yeah. Um, from your experience. But the first step, contextualize the environment, right? This is the first thing any mm -hmm. UXer does is just, I got to understand the problem. You want me to design something, you want me to solve the problem. I got to understand what's going on, right? So yeah, we want to list out the facts. Um, it's kind of, you know, like reading the word problem, right? Like in math class, like a train is traveling a distance, whatever. <laughs> it's like kind of the same thing. Like, what do we know based on the context of this this design prompt? The facts, assumptions that we might be able to make. And we want to declare those assumptions. We don't want to just, you know, the, the interviewers aren't mind readers. They're not going to read your mind and know, well, they obviously assumed that blah, blah, blah. So we want to ask things like who are the users, constraints, do we have budgetary limitations? Is this for a particular platform, iOS, Android, desktop, web app, native device, whatever? Are there competitors who are doing something similar? If so, what are they doing? Right? I don't know. Anything yeah. I'm missing here, Ray? No, absolutely. You know, I, I really look at this part of the process again as, you know, as a designer, you know, you're trying to get to the core problem that you're being tasked with solving, right? And, you know, a lot of that, as you kind of state here is, what are my design constraints? You know, who, again, who am I trying to create a solution for? What problems are they facing? Um, and a lot of, you know, I think the focus of this exercise is that you're really going to have to dig in and probe in order to draw that information out. Um, and it's, it's a very collaborative exercise working closely with your interviewers to establish the scope of the problem you're trying to solve. And as you said, state your assumptions so that, you know, you can effectively evaluate the design that you 
eventually come up with. Yep. Yeah. Now, one of the things that um, I've heard people say a lot when they um, do, when I've done these whiteboard sessions in the past with, uh, I do like a lot of workshops and stuff. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I, I hear people say constantly is, well, I don't know anything about this. How am I supposed to do this? I was like, well, do you know, I don't know, Ray, did you know anything about jet engines when you started working right, for right. aviation? Or <laughs> I know you were like capital, do you know anything about like finance? Like, no, probably right, not. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, I, I did this one design prompt uh, for a workshop I did where it was about uh, car dealerships and they had a problem with, uh, you know, um, the, the cost of oil changes or whatever. I can't remember exactly what the prompt was, but basically it was something like they're losing money and they need mm-hmm. you to help solve that problem. And they were like, well, I don't know anything about changing oil. It's like, no, of course not. That's what this step is for. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things I asked was like, well, what would you do here? You want to go and interview people. You want to talk to people. So this is a great step uh, or a great place to oh. treat the interviewer as uh, a, a user or a stakeholder and say, well, can I interview you? You know, and maybe you can start to ask them questions. And, you know, I mean, for me personally, I don't know a lot of people who do these, uh, tend to do something similar, but they'll have a backstory about the prompt and it's all in their head. And they're, they're hoping that you ask the right questions to get that information out. Right. And for me personally with UX, I mean, this is, you know, not to simplify things too much, but I think UX tends to solve itself when you know all the information, (laughs) right? Like when you get all that stuff out there, it becomes obvious like, oh, well, all we need to do is this, you know? So like it's, but it's, it's getting that information is a really hard part a lot of times. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like that was, I don't know if it's really an Einstein quote, but it's, I've seen it next to him of like, if I had an hour to solve a problem, you know, I'd probably spend the first 50 minutes or so just defining the problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. 10 minutes on the solution. So exactly. Right. So, you know, this is, this is where I think like the more, you know, not to spend the whole hour on this, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. the more that you can uh, get out of the the stakeholder, out of the user, you know, uh, out of the the interviewer, um, I think the easier time you're going to have actually solving these problems as opposed to just kind of yeah. guessing. And and for me personally, I, I don't know about you, Ray, but for me, when I have a blank screen or a blank whiteboard, it's yeah. so much harder to solve than if I have a bunch of like little notes that kind of lead me in that the the right solution. Uh, So, you know, again, this is this is really important. Now, I do want to note we have five steps, I think, is what we had. We had an hour. So you do want to try to time box. So part of the interview process is time boxing. And and the interviewer wants to see, like, do they go down a rabbit hole? Do they spend all their time asking questions but never even Mm -hmm. attempt to solve the problem? So I've Mm -hmm. kind of laid out here. I put about 10 minutes. I mean, you know, again, you could give or take, you could fudge us a little bit, but just keep in mind that you want to try to keep track. And I don't think there's a problem with setting a timer on your phone uh, while you're doing this and uh, keeping track of time um, to make sure that you aren't, you know, just getting really, you know, uh, uh, too deep, too deep in this and, and, and losing track of time. Uh, all right. So the next one, we want to define the problem, right? So again, this is where we actually say all the contextual stuff that we understand. What's the real problem here, right? List, list out the problems. Um, what What is this problem really trying to solve? What is the application trying to solve? It's pro- it's most likely that there's more than one problem. Uh, and as we see when we hop into our design prompt later, it could be any number of things. And um, the the trick here is to just list the problems out so that it's so that the interviewer knows that you're able to uncover those, but you aren't expected to design a solution for every one of these problems. So I think that's another thing that people tend to 
tend to get get uh, hung up on is, well, if I love these problems, I list them all out, I'm going to be expected to solve them. Like, no, you know, you have an hour. People know that you have an hour, but uh, it's all about it's all about just uncovering those and seeing if you can uncover them. So, uh, yeah. I don't know, Ray, what do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. And I think, too, the key thing that, you know, I think is important in this step is really prioritizing what mm-hmm. is the biggest problem to go after. I think what is that, you know, root cause issue that may be causing other problems or, you know, what is the biggest pain point for your users and the business? Um, you know, so it shows your ability to, again, put these things in context of one another and hone in on what is going to be the most impactful. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing um, I, that I, I want to like kind of just reiterate again is there are probably, uh, I don't know, like um, it's like a spectrum of, of problems that potentially that you could solve, right? Um, and it's it's important, like you said, to pick maybe the one or two, the bigger ones, the most important ones, the most critical ones, the ones that you think you have the most impact um, if you were to come up with a solution, you know, uh, what, how, how big would that impact be versus one or versus the other? So, and I think it's also important to just, again, you mentioned this before, but, um, the collaboration piece, the, the conversation piece, the talking piece, again, this is where, yeah, like, I think absolutely. the other thing that, that people do when they do this is they tend to just kind of like become introverts and, and, <laughs> and kind of keep it all to themselves. And, and I think one of, one of my biggest pieces of advice is just keep talking. Like yeah, say all yeah, this yeah. stuff as you're going through this. You're like, well, you know, this is a problem. This is a problem. I think this one's interesting. This one that we could do some really interesting things with this problem. This one, you know, this is kind of a, not not that you know kind of boring. Maybe that's something that I don't want to like go too deep into because it's not very interesting. Um, but just you know, saying that, just keeping keeping that that kind of conversation going because I, I I think being silent during this process is is maybe the, the, the hardest thing for me as an interviewer to kind of bear. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, Larry David, he'll go and he'll do something really stupid and you're just watching, just like, oh, I feel like, I feel so dirty <laughs> watching this. Like, I've been in interviews like this where people will just like not do anything and it's just like, what are they doing? Like, they haven't said anything since we started and I feel so bad, I feel awkward for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just avoid that by <laughs> just keeping the conversation going. Yeah, and it, again, I, I would just kind of just call it again here, like the, the core part of, you know, challenges like this is to understand how you think as a designer, right? Like, how do you justify the design decisions that you make in your eventual solution you're coming up with? So you want to bring people along through that thought process and, you know, ask them questions, state what your, you know, your thinking, kind of your assumptions are, um, you know, really bring them into kind of your, you know, perspective yeah. and kind of how you're approaching the problem. Absolutely. Because uh, keep in mind that uh, part of this interview is not, are they good UXers? But part of it is, can I work with them? Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah, person, absolutely. will this person be a great team player? Um, mm-hmm. If I hire them, are they going to work well with everybody else on my team? So, you know, part of it is, is the solution. Part of it is the problem solving, but part of it is just the, the relationship part, the, 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 yeah. um, you know, personal collaboration, right? Collaboration yeah. part. Exactly. All right. So next step. So we want to start to ideate through our potential solutions here. So we start to ask ourselves, how might we blah, blah, blah. Right. So if you, anyone's out there has ever, ever uh, read anything about design thinking that how might we, the HMW, a lot of people, if they're really hip, they'll just say HMW, blah, blah, blah. Um, but how might we do this? How might we do that? And what you're starting to do is, is kind of tying these to those problems. So I have problem A. 
how might we solve this part of problem A? How might we solve this part of problem A? And and the other thing to keep in mind is like some of these how might we's, it, might, it won't be a one to one problem mm -hmm. to solution. There might be several how might we's mm -hmm. inside of that one problem that could solve that one problem. Maybe that one problem is really big. Maybe you break it down. I don't know. Um, but again, this is sort of where I've seen people kind of combine sort of these two steps. So it doesn't always have to be totally separate. But again, if this is uh, comfortable for you, that's fine. If you feel like you want to combine them, that doesn't really matter. But this is where you start to say, how might we do this? How might we do that? And list out those potential solutions. So um, again, we're not designing anything. Notice we're like maybe 30 minutes into this. Just like you said with Einstein, we're spending most of our time uncovering problems, thinking about potential solutions, uncovering the context and all that stuff before we just jump in and start drawing squares on a whiteboard and, and yep. forms to do whatever, right? Absolutely. So we're still kind of thinking through that. So this this is where we sort of list out a lot of these potential solutions. Um, and then in the next step, we'll start to actually do some design. Yeah, absolutely. So in the next one, we don't want to find. So remember, we, we may at this point have, I don't know, five, 10, however many of those how might we's. Um, this next step, we want to pick one, two. One of the ones that we think are maybe the most um, insightful, impactful, maybe the ones that we think can be the most unique, right? I mean, part of this is kind of, you want to stand out a little bit. So maybe you have a solution to do, um, you know, I don't know, something, maybe there's a problem that's got something to do with like, I don't know, something on a shop floor, for instance. Um, and you could potentially solve it with uh, a desktop application, perhaps, mm -hmm. or you mm -hmm. could solve it with like an augmented reality right, interface right. or something, right? If, if we said before that budget was no constraint, what if we did augmented reality and we started doing some cool thing where there was some kind of voice interface or so, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that, that kind of thing would be definitely a unique uh, example um, that I might remember you versus the other 10 people who all did uh, a desktop app. Right, right, right. Kind of uh, Alexa, where's my engine at, right? Yeah, Alexa, <laughs> fix my, Alexa, fix my car. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, in this case, I do want to just say, like, you don't want to go off and, and create some crazy wild thing just for the sake of creating crazy wild thing. If, yeah. if your solution is the right solution to the right problem, then mm -hmm. do some crazy augmented reality or something. Um, but, yeah. you know, um, don't necessarily just jump to some new high-tech thing for mm -hmm. some no for some frivolous reason right right a absolutely right it, it's you know this is where again being able to connect the the context that you've been able to draw out about the problem should you know ref be reflected in your solution right maybe you heard that you know your users are really busy using their hands right and so you know they while they're working they need some information May, you know them stopping their work to go and you know tap on a mobile device or type at a keyboard may not be the best solution for that context, right? So right. maybe a voice interface or something could be more uh, effective given their, again, given those constraints that you draw out early in the process. Yeah, and the, and the critical thing there too is that you're saying all that stuff out loud. Absolutely. Right, you're saying all yeah. that stuff out loud so that it's not just like, well, you know, whatever, and I, mm -hmm. I designed this augmented reality thing. It's all about, well, you know, oh, well, oh, so your hands are dirty or your hands have yeah. oil on them or you have tools in your hands or whatever, mm -hmm. or you don't have a place to put a desk. You mm -hmm. know, maybe there's no power coming from somewhere or whatever, right? There's no room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff you're, you're talking through as part of that context. And, and again, tying it all back in, like you said, I think that's awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Excellent advice, Ray. So lastly, summarize the solution. 
right? This is about five minutes. We're going to talk about the problem that you solved. You want to just sort of, again, summarize why you think it was the best idea in the case that we just said laid out with mm-hmm. augmented reality. Remember, we did the augmented reality. We found that their hands were, were dirty or they didn't have yeah. free hands or whatever. So this solution, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. It could be that you are unsure about a problem. Or you're unsure about something, you say, you know, I think this could use further validation. I'm not really sure about this or whatever. I think that self-critique is is is, is a nice thing to kind of show in, in this example where uh, – in this scenario where you're showing like I'm okay with my problems not being perfect. I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with people, uh, you know, um, wanting to validate my ideas or whatever. Um Another thing, too, could be talking about how you might actually build this. How would you work with the engineering team to get it built? You know, um, that could be something that you talk through. So how do you plan on validating it? How do you want to work with the engineers, restate your assumptions and how, why you came to this conclusion that you made? Why you think it's a good idea? Why you think it might not have been a great idea? Maybe you want to do something different if you had more time. I don't know. All right. So anyway, so that's it. I don't know. Ray, what do you think? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that pretty good? <laughs> yeah, very, very good uh, right on. overview. All right. So I'd love to hear this from your perspective, Ray. Like when you're doing these interviews, like what are you what are you looking for? What are some things that you are keeping an eye out um, to make sure people are hitting certain points? Anything specific? Yeah, no. And, I, and honestly, I think you call them out well here. It's, you know, the collaboration skills is a big portion mm-hmm. of this, right? It's how, you know, because even, you know, as designers, you know, it's you're you're having to justify, you know, why you made a certain design decision, right, for for your product and for your end user. And often you're having to, you know, maybe work cross-functionally to help engineers understand why it's important that they build something a certain way, or you know, the product, why this is the best way to um, go about implementing a certain feature, right? So again, that ability to bring others into your design process and explain your rationale, kind of take some input, um, you know, really work collaboratively, collaboratively, uh, yeah. slow my words here, is, is for me, what, what I, what I look for most in, um, in these exercises. It's awesome. Yeah. So collaboration skills, asking the right questions, what are their problem solving skills like? And then, you know, I, again, yeah. I think like the personality fit for the team is really interesting. Yeah, now, absolutely. one of the things that I tell people a lot when they're doing these whiteboard challenges is that you're interviewing this team as much as they are interviewing you. Absolutely. Right? How did they treat you? Did they treat mm-hmm. you with respect? Were they friendly? Were, did they blow you off? Did they make you feel stupid for asking some certain questions? Remember, these are going to be people that you're going to be working with. Do you, do you want to work with these people? So you're, you're, you're also interviewing them, I think, and you're kind of getting a feel for how working on their team might be, you know? And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of don't think about when they're doing interviews in general. Um, you don't have to have this job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you've always had a dream of working at Google or something. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, I've never tried to get a job at Google, but, um, you know, if, if that team ends up not working out or you don't like those people, like you don't have to take that job just cause you've always right. wanted to work at Google. So, you know, I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Absolutely. So some common mistakes, uh, again, I'd love to get your thoughts here, Ray, but I'm yeah. thinking, you know, not asking the questions, not including the interviewers as, as uh, you know, potential users or hypothetical users, not talking mm-hmm. through your process, getting stuck on one step, getting too detailed in the solutions. That's something I've seen people do a lot is like they'll have a, a login form. They'll design the login form. It's like 
every app's going to have a login form. I don't need yeah. you to design the login form or, or they'll yeah. do something like a sign up screen and start. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't need you. To, I, I didn't ask you to design the sign up screen. You're getting in the weeds. Um, right. And so I've seen people like write out the form field labels, you know, just put a little line, you know, like people, yeah, 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 people yeah. know what you're what you're saying. So, you know, and then lastly, I think part of this, too, is like focusing on perfection. I mean, you got an hour. Probably mm -hmm. not going to be perfect. It's probably going to be some mistakes. It's probably going to be some things that you wish you would have done differently. Um, yeah, yeah, so. no, absolutely. And yeah, as you said here, right? Like, given that you want to time box your the time you spend in each of these things, you don't want to get down too much in the weeds when it comes to what that final solution looks like. I know as designers, that that's our jam, right? Like we, yeah, right. we love yeah, yeah. we love spending time in those details, right? So, but the the main goal here again is you know, the solution itself is, you know, it's important, but the process through which you arrive at that solution is what's really being evaluated. So, you know, as you said, draw some, draw some lines and, you know, talk your interviewers through, you know, what each screen, you know, assuming it's a screen-based solution is meant to do, um, you know, but really focus on that process and articulating how you went from problem statement gathered more information and arrived at what you feel is going to be the best solution given the, the context. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing that, um, part of the interview process, a lot of times designers will get take home challenges or something. Yep. 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 And Seen those. I hate those. I don't find <laughs> any value in them to be perfectly honest. Cause all I'm, all I'm able to evaluate at the end of that is the end result, mm -hmm. which a lot mm -hmm. of times from the UX perspective is not, the most important part of the process, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right? right. So, I mean, uh, you know, for me as as an interviewer, and if anyone's out there listening who's thinking about maybe doing a wiper challenge or take home thing, um, mm -hmm. I feel like you can get so much more out of a candidate in an hour than mm -hmm. just having them spend 20, 40 hours, however much, on like a, a take home challenge. I don't know how long. Sometimes I've seen people give mm -hmm. a week before. You know, they got stuff mm -hmm. to do. They might have kids. They got families. Yeah, they got jobs. Yeah. They got other stuff they got to do. They might volunteer with some stuff. You know, so, I mean, they might have sick parents they have to take care of. So asking them to do work for free, mm -hmm. I hate that. I hate that. I think that's the worst. And I feel like you can get so much more out of out of a candidate and get a much deeper insight into them and how they work in a simple hour-long session like this versus having them do something over the course of a week. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think this is uh, something that, a lot of I've seen a lot happen a lot more recently, especially with remote people doing just the take home because they're not trying to they don't want to do the remote whiteboard. Um, I don't know. I just feel like you're, you're missing a whole lot. So anyway, in closing, um, this whole process is terrifying. And I think it's important to just recognize that uh, I, I think like a lot of newer designers, when they hear about this whiteboard challenge, they get uh, the they have the assumption that veteran designers think this is easy <laughs> and it's not, it's terrifying. Um, I don't care how many years of experience you've got having people watch you do your work, wa watching every mistake you make, every stutter that you have, you know, like all this stuff. Like it's just, it's terrifying in general. And I think the, the, the easiest way to get over that is just constantly practicing, constantly practicing. So using like, a uh, uh, what is the, um, uh, something dot design. I can't remember. They have design prompt, uh, websites, that you can just click refresh and it'll give you a new prompt. And I think uh, one thing I've, I've, uh, I've actually never done this, but because I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, married with two kids now and I don't get to do this kind of stuff anymore, <laughs> but um, turn into like a drinking game, you know, like oh, you got man. designer friends, <laughs> like you got a bunch of friends or designers on a Friday night, get a 
bottle of wine or beer or whatever and every time somebody puts a sticky note on the wall you take a drink right or or something like that um (laughs) well i if we do that with designers you this will quickly turn into (laughs) just falling over yeah yeah passing out on a couch or something Uh, but yeah you know i mean but i think the thing is you treat it make it fun right yeah Um, yeah, get together with your friends practice this stuff if you you know i think this would be a fun thing man like for work you know like yeah. lunch or do it over lunch or something you just like as a fun exercise when, when people mm-hmm. are back in the office or something and just practice i think that's the biggest thing you know just practice 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 the more you do it the more comfortable you'll get no absolutely like 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 anything you know this is a skill that can be learned right like yep. that what i think is probably the more i'll say difficult part of this is just, again, talking out loud and bringing others along with you. I think that naturally as designers, you know, we have our process, our way of understanding our constraints and going through our, you know, generating solutions. We don't always have someone right there with us that, you know, we're pairing up and explaining every decision we're making, right? So that's really what I think is the the key thing, right? It's just practicing, being able to articulate your thought process out loud, you know, and also, you know, being comfortable admitting when you don't know something, right? So, uh, you know, it's, you know, hey, I'm, I'm operating off of the assumption that, you know, we have XYZ in place, right? Or what have you, right? Like, so being comfortable, you know, sharing that with your interviewers and kind of viewing it as a, again, a collaborative process. is, is really Absolutely. Key. Oh, great. That's great advice. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll take a crack at it. Um, we'll just go through the prompt and then we can hop into it in a little bit. But here's what I came up with. So again, this was a oh, sharpened at design. I have it right here. That was the one I was looking at. So I went through sharpened at design and hit refresh a bunch just to find something interesting. And one of them was design an info board for a hotel in Brussels. <laughs> so I thought a little bit about it. I said, what is an info board in Brussels? So I have... Um, I came up with this prompt. A new hotel is looking for a way to give their guests more information. Um, they're in the historic district of Brussels. They're having trouble getting guests the information that they need. They're looking for a way to create a better guest experience. Help this hotel provide their guests with the information they need for a great stay. No, no, no. This is good. Yeah, and this would you know be exactly the time where you start firing those questions off, right? Yeah. Like, you know, immediately your mind, mind starts going as, you know, uh, what are you know how do we define a great state right like um you know are there certain types of guests we say guests you know are these business travelers are these tourists are these you know uh what sort of folks are are we looking to to service through um you know improving the way in which we give out information so ray yeah. No spoilers, because you're going to do this in a minute. <laughs> you're yeah, going to do yeah. it. We're gonna get, we're, Ray is going to be guinea pig, and uh, yeah, he's going to yeah, walk yeah. us through, and we're going to take some sticky notes. Yeah. We're going to do it, and uh, we're going to gonna hop into it, man. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah, keep all those questions to yourself until we hop in. So anyway, all right, so that's that. So hopefully that gives you some good ideas on where to start with the whiteboard challenge. Stay tuned for part two, where Ray will be our guinea pig and do a whiteboard challenge live on the air so you can see how it's done. Uh, Remember uh, to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Tell a coworker. Get you and your buddies some stickers at retrotimepodcast.com slash stickers. Find us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and we will see you next time for part two. Stay tuned. This will quickly turn into... (laughs) Just falling over, yeah. Yeah, passing out on a couch or something.